Welcome everybody tonight. Amen. Amen. Welcome anybody. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Say it with me for the Lord is good. And his mercy endures forever. So I want to uh, encourage you to get Sunday morning's message, the second service, 11 a.m. Uh, we did a message called Jesus is our peace. I believe there was a grace upon it to minister to people. And, uh, of course, you all aware of the fires that are taking place uh, in those counties. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a message that's real important for all of us for everyday life, but especially in the times that we have been facing as a nation. And, of course, our, our fellow men and fellow women up there in Napa and also in Santa Rosa and uh, of course in the Calistoga area and uh, one of the things that that uh, really came why don't you folks come over here yeah. yeah come on over here it's cold all right well then stay there that's fine I didn't know that was the reason it's just so disjointed it would be nice if we could kind of have a conglomeration of people yeah, it'd be nice. Come on, guys. Help a brother out. HBO. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Praise the Lord. We can get you some blankets. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Yeah, it's really good to, to, to see all of you here tonight. Praise the Lord. Um, so one of the things that I believe that... that uh, I want to reiterate tonight before we pray about the fires up there. I want to reiterate what Jesus said in John 14, 1, where he says, Let not your heart be troubled. So in the midst of very troubling times, even, even with all of the things that are happening in the earth, it's still our choice to not allow our hearts to be troubled. Amen. Amen. You do not want to face a stressful situation in a place spiritually where you are completely frazzled and completely stressed out. Now that is only possible to be at peace in a situation like this through the power of God, through the Prince of Peace. The mere fact that he said, don't let your heart be troubled. Then he couples it with saying in verse 27, he says, my peace I give unto you. He says, this peace that I give unto you, it's not as the world gives, give I unto you. And so the peace of God can fill that vacuum. Amen. And then one of the other things that uh, really ministers to me you know, when Jesus told the disciples that they were going to go to the other side, right? Well, they got out in the middle of the Sea of Galilee. And what was taking place in the middle of the Sea of Galilee, there arose a great storm. Now, the word great there means mega. You've all been to a mega salad bar, right? A great salad bar. If you've been to the Mall of America in Minneapolis, Minnesota, it's mega. I mean, it's big, great so this storm that came to stop the disciples was a storm with bad intentions. Just like this fire has extremely bad intentions. Okay? So we know that the disciples 
were very, very frightened and they were very afraid. And Jesus was in the hinder part of the ship and he was asleep on a pillow. And I would imagine that it kind of ticked the disciples off. Because here's what they said to Jesus. Now, Jesus, wake up. Don't you care that we perish? Okay. So just as the great storm arose, the greater one arose. The greater one arose. The greater one arose. The great storm had bad intentions, but the greater one had greater intentions. Amen. And so he rose up and he spoke to the wind. He spoke to the waves. And here's what he said. He said, peace, be still. And immediately, the Bible says, there was a great calm. So for every great storm, the greater one has a great calm. Amen? We live in a fallen world. It's very difficult to understand why certain things happen. And I think really it's better not. It's better that we don't try to rationalize and reason things out. We know it's not God. Because we know that the enemy's a thief. And he comes to steal. And he comes to kill. And he comes to destroy. But one thing that we can do as believers is we can offer our supply Absolutely. of peace. Amen. Amen. We can offer our supply of faith and we can offer our supply of, glory to God, binding power and loosing power upon the situations that are taking place. Amen? Say it with me. I have been authorized. In the name of Jesus. Whatever I bind on earth is bound in heaven. And whatever I loose on earth is loosed in heaven. So the latest report then is that the winds now are picking up and they're blowing in from the north. And winds blowing in from the north is not the will of God Amen. for this specific situation Amen. right now. Now, if you will remember just recently, the hurricane that was about to go into the area of Sarasota, Florida and Tampa, Florida, yeah. there was a shift. Yeah. There was a shift. Yeah. And that hurricane which had extremely bad intentions and did a lot of devastation, made a shift, yeah. and I believe it moved westward or wherever it was, and moved away from Tampa, moved away from Sarasota, and even in the midst of tragedy, there was victory. Amen? Amen? So I believe that if God can answer the prayers of the saints nationwide, they were praying about that hurricane, I believe he can answer the prayers of his people here. Amen. Amen. I was talking to a good friend of mine who pastors out in Pittsburgh, California, Jason Younger, and uh, I was talking about some things about Africa, and then we started talking about the, uh, the fires that were taking place and so forth, and I said, have you got anything? Have you received anything from the Lord? Have you got any specific things and ways that you're praying about? 
And Jason said this, and this resonated with me, and I believe that we can pray this way. He says, I'm praying for a westward wind. And a westward wind, westward wind would be wind that would be coming in from the ocean, which would contain more moisture. Amen? Amen. So praise the Lord. Let's stand up. Let's stand up and let's pray tonight. Let's ask the Father in the name of Jesus for supernatural intervention into this specific situation. Pastor Tom prayed about our, our saying about tonight, let it rain. That would even be better, wouldn't it? That would even be better. Glory to God. So Father, we come before you tonight in the name of Jesus. We call upon the name of the Lord in our day of trouble. We call upon the name of the Lord in the day of trouble for our fellow men, for our fellow humans, our fellow brothers up in those counties, Napa, Calistoga, up there in Santa Rosa. Father, in the name of Jesus, we stand in the gap concerning this storm. And Father, right now we are asking for that wind to shift in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. For that wind to shift and that fire not to befall Brother Ed's home in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We stand with Brother Tickelot. We stand with his wife in the name of Jesus. And we're asking for mercy, Lord. We're asking for mercy in the name of Jesus for his home and for the homes around them. Oh, Brakasanda, let there be a westward wind, Lord. Let there be rain in the realm of the Spirit. Let there be rain naturally, Father. Oh, Brakash de la Branda, Mandele brocanama shela branda la basa. Yela brondo capasinge la baran de la mande. Manga la pande. Maniondo lo broco. Mesche le manda. Nesa mato. Mesa la mato. Mesa la mata. Now hold it, everybody. Just hold it. Brother Ed stands here on behalf of his home on behalf of his neighborhood, and really on behalf of the whole area. So in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we speak a peace over this couple. We speak a peace over all the families, over the whole region. We speak, Lord, we speak home. We speak hope in a time of hopelessness. Lord, we thank you for ministering to those that have been tragically devastated by this fire. And we pray in the name of Jesus. Stretch forth your hand toward Brother Ed. Oh, brakashembrongele brata, masorombondele breke de basha. Oh, brakanzi dele branda. Oh, brakashtema. Lord, we loose the ministering angels all around him, all around their, their, their belongings, all around their whole neighborhood. Ministering spirits, go in the name of Jesus. Preservation in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paso rabateshe. 
Hallelujah. If you wake up in the middle of the night, just raise your hands up and say, thank God this fire has, must desist in its maneuvers. And thank you, Lord, for a westerly wind. Thank you, Lord, for a westerly wind. Thank you, Lord, for the humidity going down. In the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. The scripture, Brother Ed, that I think of when I think of you guys tonight is in Psalms 55 and verse 22, where it says, Cast your burden on the Lord, and He will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. And the word sustain is a very, very powerful word. The word sustain means he will keep you, he will nourish you, he will feed you, he will provide for you, he will guide you, he will hold you, he will sustain you. And so the question would be asked, how in the world am I going to make it through? We're not going to do it by the world's way. We're going to do it by the word's way. And the answer to that question is this. He is and he will sustain me. And that's not just for Ed. That's for all of us here tonight. Glory to God. You might be facing a situation where it looks like everything's going south. It looks like things in the family are going south. But I would remind you, praise God, that we serve a great God. And He is a sustainer. And He can move by His Spirit. And He can turn things around for you. Let's raise our hands and give Him praise. Thank you, Lord, that you are our sustainer. You are our sustainer. Oh, Hallelujah. I'm counting on it. I'm counting on him to sustain. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And so our hearts are extended toward Napa. Our hearts are extended toward Calistoga and Santa Rosa and all of the people there. I want you to stretch forth your hands toward this way. I believe that's west. And let's speak a word of peace over them. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Glory to God. 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 And so shall you be better prepared to face life's challenges and to face the tests that will come if you will live carefree. If you will make the decision, no matter what comes my way, I am going God's way. And I've placed all of my troubles into His capable hands. Glory to God. Amen. Aren't you glad that all of your debts are being reduced and eliminated? Amen. Aren't you glad you're getting your land? Your vehicles? How about your equipments? Is God bringing into your hands big seed? What happens when you receive a harvest? You got more seed to sell. And what happens when you sow more seed? You get more. 
you get more harvest. Amen. Oh, let's raise our hand and thank the Lord for the privilege to give. Lord, we honor you tonight with our giving. We love you. We magnify your holy name tonight. Hallelujah. And as an under-shepherd unto you, Lord, I speak blessing over your people tonight. They're blessed coming in and blessed going out. They are, in fact, the head and not the tail. Every one of us in this place, glory to God, we're blessed in the city and blessed in the field. And we are blessed to be a blessing in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Go in your Bibles to Romans chapter 8. We're going to continue along our lines of our, our series called Life in the Spirit. We've laid a good foundation. And in these next three weeks before Brenda and I go to Africa, I'm going to pick it up a little bit and talk about the leadership, the guidance of the Holy Spirit. In Romans 8 and verse 14, it says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Sons of God can expect to be led by the Spirit of God. Then he goes on to say, For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Daddy, Daddy. And in verse 16 it says, The Spirit itself, or Himself, bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now what this is telling us tonight is that God communicates with us spirit to spirit. He is a spirit. We're created in His image and in His likeness. So we as spirit beings can expect to be led by the Father of spirits. Say it with me. He leads me night and day. And the Holy Spirit is familiar to the child of God. He makes us feel homey. He is the spirit of adoption. The spirit of fear is foreign to us. Is that not right? Now, the more spirit conscious we are, the more Holy Spirit conscious we are, the more spirit led we will be. Amen. When we are led by the spirit of God, he will lead us right out of all confusion into glorious light. He can lead you out of sickness into health. He can lead you right out of death into life, right out of poverty into freedom. Amen. He can lead your marriage out of being in ICU back to a place of days of heaven on earth and marital bliss. Don't you give up. Don't quit. Don't throw in the towel. We know that the Spirit of God can do it and He lives on the inside of us. He can lead us from a fruitless life to a fruitful life. He leads us into good places. Notice with me, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God. Now, it is true that we can be head-led. We don't want to be head-led. We can be emotionally led. We can be feelings-led. We could even be money-led. We could be opportunity-led. We could be externally-led. But how many of you know the Spirit of God wants to lead us internally? My advice to you tonight is be always and only led by the Spirit of God. And I believe that this is one of the most important messages that the body of Christ needs to hear and continue to feed on all the days of our walk with God here on this earth. We will never get away from being led by the Spirit of God. The late Dr. Kenneth E. Hagin said this, The man or woman who shuts away his spirit 
cripples themselves and becomes an easy prey for selfish and designing people. But the individual who will learn to be led by the Spirit of God will rise to the top in life. Is that you? Is that where I'm looking at you from? Are you in the winner's circle? Are you at the top? Absolutely. So this inward witness in verse 16, the Spirit himself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. This inward witness is that something inside of us that nudges us one way or the other. We could say it's that something that prompted us to get born again. It's that someone on the inside of us that prompted us, prompted us to receive the baptism with the Holy Ghost. And it is the same Spirit that will lead you everywhere you need to go for the rest of your life. Oh, folks, we got places to go. We got things to do. And we got this guide on the inside to see to it that we make it there. Amen? As many as are led, I'm led and you're led. Amen? Now, don't get me wrong. It's wonderful to have spectacular leadings. It's great to have spectacular manifestations of God leading us in our lives. But you know, we don't have to have dreams necessarily or visions to be led by the Holy Ghost. I do not have to hear an audible voice every morning. Why? Because I've got the guide inside who bears witness with my spirit. Amen. Now, thank God we can have spectacular leadings. Thank God for angels. Thank God for audible voices. Amen? Amen. But one thing for sure, we can always be led by the Spirit of God, even if we don't hear a voice. Amen. Does the Scripture say that the Spirit of God will bear witness with our flesh? No. Does it say the Spirit of God will bear witness with our soul? It doesn't say that the Spirit of God will bear witness with our fleece. No, the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And I just got to say this tonight. If God communicates with us by a witness regarding the greatest miracle there is in the new birth, why should we expect Him to lead us any other way in our daily walk? Amen. I thank God for the Holy Ghost. His leading can literally touch every area of your life. I mean, Brenda almost married the wrong guy. It would have been a big oops. Some of you may have almost married the wrong woman or the wrong man. But thank God the Holy Ghost checked you on the inside. He led you right out of disaster into a good life. He'll give you direction for your job. He absolutely will give you direction what school to attend to. He'll give you direction about your career, about your spouse, and everything else that is important to your life. And so what we don't want to do is we do not want to ignore him who lives on the inside. That's right. That's right. And you know it's easy to do. Because life 
comes very quickly. And there are so many things on the agenda of life. And there are so many distractions to take us off the right track. And that's why it's so vital that we stay in the Word. And that we live a Spirit-filled life. Not just getting full of the Spirit when we come to church on Wednesdays and Sundays. But staying full of the Holy Spirit. You know, Paul said this in the book of Ephesians. He said in Ephesians 5.18, But be being filled with the Spirit. When you are filled with the Spirit on a regular basis, you're going to be able to be led by the Spirit much more easily. Amen? Why? Because you're just so conscious of Him living inside you. Look at your neighbor and say, Become more God inside-minded. Now, this word witness in Romans 8, 16 is a great word. It's a word that's not necessarily that clear to us, but in modern language, the word witness could mean an intuition. It could mean like a hunch. It could mean like an inward knowing. It means like a a drawing, a, a pull, a prompt, or we could say even an impression or just a, a nudge. I like what 1 John chapter 2 and verse 20 calls this. Look with me over there. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 20. I'm so glad that he didn't tell us to be led by the Spirit of God and leave us out in the dark as to how we could be. In 1 John 2, 20, it says, But you have, you have what? Oh, hallelujah. You know it's good to function in the unction in life. Amen. Amen. Let's just try that one on for size tonight and say it with me. I have have an unction unction from the Holy One. one. And I know know all things. things. Now drop down to verse 27. And we're going to look at the first part of that verse. Unction. Unction is anointing. Amen. Amen. But you have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. And then in verse 27 it says, But the anointing which you have received of Him, where does it abide? That anointing, that unction is in me. That anointing and that unction is in you. Oh, hallelujah. An unction is a King James word that means anointing. It means a quickening. It also helps us to be alert and to be more aware and more keen concerning spiritual things. Paul wrote to the church at Corinth and he exhorted them to look for the knowing on the inside of them. In 1 Corinthians, the second chapter, and we'll begin in verse 11 and we'll go right on down through, I believe it's verse 12. In 1 Corinthians 2.11... It says this, For what man knoweth the things of a man, save what? Save the spirit of man which is in him. Even so the things of God knoweth no man, but the spirit of God. Now verse 12 says, Now we have received not the spirit of the world. Thank God. Amen. Thank God we are not any longer of this world. And because we are not of this world, we should not be operating and functioning with the spirit of this world. 
You know, you can be a Christian and be worldly. Well, I'm going to move right along. That went over real big. And being worldly just doesn't mean, you know, going to bars and going to strip clubs and whatever the world does. It doesn't just mean, you know, using drugs and drinking alcohol and smoking weed and things like that. But being worldly for a Christian could also mean talking like the world. That's right. Talking like the world. Be not conformed to this world, but be changed by the renewing of your mind. Once your mind gets renewed to the Word, then you'll be able to believe and speak like the Word. Amen. Amen. And you have noticed that the world and the Word go crosswise with one another. Amen. That's why when I became a Christian way back in 1974, my George, back in 1974, when I became a Christian, when I or 75, when I received Jesus as Lord of my life, I needed to have a complete overhaul from the neck up. Praise God. Amen. In other words, I needed to learn to think like him and to talk like him. We could say it this way. We needed to learn the language of redemption. How many of you know the redeemed have their own language? Hey, glory to God. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I've been redeemed from the hand of the enemy. I've been redeemed from the curse of the law. I've been delivered from fear. I've been delivered from condemnation. I've been delivered. Hallelujah. And I believe it. And I'm saying it. And now I'm 67 years old and I'm walking in it. Are you walking in it? That's two or three of you. All right. Verse 12. Now. Everyone say now. now. Say right now. Right now. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. That we might come to church and feel good three times a month. No, that we might know, that we might know, that we might know, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. When you are identifying this witness of the Spirit, look for the knowing. Look for the unction. Follow the anointing. Mm -hmm. Follow peace. And if you don't know exactly which way to go, don't move yet. Have the patience and the fortitude and the discipline to wait on the Lord long enough until you know. That's where people get into a lot of trouble is they go out on a whim. They move before they're moved. I believe that God can move us in here and direct us in here. And as we just take those steps of faith and follow the unction of the Holy Spirit... Oh, my brothers and sisters, he's going to lead you into some awesome places. He's going to lead you into some awesome relationships. 
He's going to bring you, if you will, He'll bring you to a wealthy place in God. Now notice this again. We've not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. That we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. So again, I know I'm repeating myself. In identifying this witness, this witness of the spirit, look for the knowing. Look for what seems right. Follow your seamer. Follow your seamer. Follow the Holy Spirit on the inside. I cannot tell you the amount of times that I've almost moved in a direction that looked good to my mind and looked good and sounded good to my intellect into my reasoning. But when I got quiet before the Lord and prayed in the Holy Ghost and spent of time in praise and worship down on the inside of me, the Spirit of the Lord let me know that's not the right way to go. That's not the right decision to make. Sometimes He's told me to hold steady. Other times He said, no, that's not my plan. That's not my will. Don't even entertain it anymore. Just shut the door. Amen. Yeah. That's happened many times. Yeah. And man, I will tell you, whoo, months down the road, yeah. I'll look at it and say to myself, you know, if I had gone that way, it would have brought great disaster. It would have brought nothing but heartache. It would have brought nothing but tests and trials. I'm so glad I obeyed the Lord. Yeah. Amen. 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 And the good news is this. This isn't just for preachers who need to make about 10 decisions a day. This is for all of us. Amen? You're a child of God. You're an heir of God. You're a joint heir with Jesus Christ. And you are being led by the Holy Ghost every day of your life. Amen. And this also is true in the area of giving. How many of you know there's a lot of places you can give? And you know what my advice for your giving is? Give where the Spirit leads you to give. Amen? Don't ever give based on pressure coming from a pastor. Don't ever give based on pressure coming from a radio preacher. Don't even ever give just because there's a need. Just because there's a need does not mean that we should be sowing our seed in that direction. Amen. Now, if you look around the world and around all the ministries that are in the world, you are going to see a lot of opportunity. But we're not led by opportunity. We're led by what? We're led by the Spirit of God. So don't let someone's tears or someone's manipulative capabilities to work a crowd in the arena of offerings, don't let that move you. God loves a cheerful giver. He does not love a tearful giver. Our giving, man, we're getting in some places tonight. Our giving must be based on His leading. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. 
So another modern word that helps us to understand the word witness is the word perception. 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 Everyone say perception. Perception. I want to give you a couple of illustrations of that tonight. The first one will just tell you about the second one we'll look at the scripture how many of you remember in acts chapter 8 where simon the sorcerer what did he want to buy can anybody tell me simon the sorcerer wanted to buy listen to this the ability to lay hands on people to get them filled with the holy ghost because he was not looking at this as a conduit of being a blessing to people he was looking at as a conduit for him to make money and Brenda just said it he was merchandising the anointing merchandising the anointing is a very dangerous thing how many of you know you cannot buy your healing We can probably shut the air down a little bit. I know people are going to be getting cold here in a minute. Hallelujah. You can't merchandise the anointing. You can't buy your healing. And that is why I get extremely turned off at a lot of television programs that will tell you, send this $1,000 in and you will receive a whatever kind of blessing. They don't control that. God's the blesser. I said, God's the blesser. You can't buy something that's already been purchased. Your healing's already been purchased. Your abundance has already been purchased. Your peace of mind, your joy has already been purchased. I don't care if they brought the oil to the tomb in Nazareth. Good for them. Awesome. But the significance of healing is in the fact that Jesus Christ purchased your healing 2,000 years ago and it's been bought and paid for you. I think I've just kicked my leg a time or two. Glory. So here's perception. Here's perception. Peter said, I perceive that you are in the gall of bitterness. In other words, I perceive that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. Peter didn't say, I had a vision. Peter didn't say an angel showed up and told me this. Peter was very, very conscious of the spirit on the inside. And so that perception just came as a result of Peter knowing the Lord. And you'll get the same things on the inside of you. You'll know when people are right and when people are wrong. You'll know when people are cons and when they're not cons. How many of you know there's cons all over the place? Cons all over. I mean, there's, there's doctors that are cons. Amen? There's lawyers that are cons. But for every convict doctor, there's probably a thousand good ones. And it's the same with preachers. So you're going to have to be spiritually alert and keen in your spirit to follow him and to know what's right and what's wrong. Amen? Amen. 
Here's another one. Turn to Acts chapter 14. And notice with me in verse 7. Everyone say perception. Perception. I perceive. That's the inner man knowing. That's the inner man having an unction. In Acts 14 and verse 7, it says, And there they preached. What did they preach? Can anybody tell me what the gospel is? <laughs> the gospel is what? The po- gospel is good news. And the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Hallelujah. And so that's what they were doing. They weren't out there preaching tiddlywinks. They were preaching the gospel. They didn't have a Reader's Digest open. No, they were preaching the gospel. Hallelujah. Now notice, while the gospel was being preached, there sat a man at Lystra, a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet. Didn't say he was important. It says he was impotent. Impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mama's womb, who had never, ever walked. The same heard Paul speak. What was Paul preaching? Who steadfastly looked at him. Paul looked at him, and notice this word, and perceiving. He just knew down on the inside of him. He didn't have a vision, but he knew on the inside of him, by that inward witness, he perceived that this crippled man who had never walked had faith to be healed. And evidently his perception must have been right because notice with me in verse 10, and he said with a loud voice, stand upright on thy feet. And what did he do? He leaped and walked. Amen. So it's important for you and important for me to know what a perception or a witness or an unction is all about. Because it is the way that God promises to lead every born-again Christian. Say it with me. I've got a guide living on the inside, and he's leading me by day and by night. And here's the point. God does not always speak to us audibly, but he always leads us and guides us inwardly. And too often, people expect a voice. They're looking for some sort of a feeling when they should really be looking for a leading. And don't misunderstand me. He does speak audibly at times, but you probably in your lifetime will be able to count the times he speaks to you audibly, maybe on one hand or maybe on six fingers. But he'll always witness to us. He'll always impress us. He will always guide us. And I think in the body of Christ, generally speaking, a lot of times the wrong terminology is used. The Lord told me to do this, and the Lord spoke to me about that. And I'm not saying that's wrong, but it can be misleading. What do you mean? Maybe we ought to say rather than that, and I've caught myself doing this myself, I seem to be impressed to do this. I have this perception in my heart. And you know what that will do is that will help people 
that don't really understand the leading of the Spirit because sometimes because it's represented wrongly, people will say, well, I've never heard a voice. But I've had this on the inside of me where it seems like I should do this. It seems like I I shouldn't go there. It seems like that I ought to take that job. It just seems like it in my heart that this is the right thing to do. That's great. That's being led by the Spirit of God. And then what happens, and that happens, we don't have a caste system in the body of Christ. We have a group of super-duper spiritual people over here where God talks to them about everything. Even the color of suit they're going to wear or what cereal to have, you know. Should I have Cheerios or should I have, you know, oatmeal? What, what should I have? No, no, no. A group over here who doesn't think that they have any direction, when they get the understanding, they can just per- perceive in their spirit. They can be impressed by the Holy Ghost. Amen. Turn quickly over to Psalms 107. Psalms 107, and notice with me in verse 7. Psalms 107, verse 7. Man, that clock seems to be moving pretty fast this time of night. Wow. Can't be 8.36, can it? It's it's 8.20, isn't it? Psalm 103, verse 7. Psalms 103. Did I say 107? I made a mistake. Psalms 103, verse 7. Notice this verse. It says, He made known His ways unto who? He made His acts or His ways known to the children of Israel, but He made His ways known to Moses. Hmm. How many of you know Moses was a friend of God? And as a result of him being a friend of God, God, who was his friend, showed his ways to him. But we're much more than friends. I just cannot get over the abundance of overwhelming excitement there is in the house tonight. It's just awesome. It's just, it's just awesome. It's a little hazy in here. Oh, you're digesting. Okay, good. All right. Awesome. So we're much more than friends. We're sons. We're daughters. God put His Spirit in us to witness to us, to guide us through our entire life. Think about it a minute. Think about how well you know your spouse or your children or how well you know a good friend. Have you not learned their ways? You know how they act? Why? Because you spent time with them. I talked to John, my oldest son, today. We talk sports a lot because we like this time of year when the baseball players are happening. So we talk baseball a lot. But when he answers the phone, 
I know it's John. I could, I could be in a crowd of a thousand people and I could pick John's voice out because I know him. I spent time with him. Brenda and I, we've been married for 40 years. 40. And I can pick up her voice out of a crowd. She can call me anytime, anywhere, and I'll recognize her voice. Likewise, sensitivity to the Spirit of God comes by spending time with Him. It comes by living a life in the Word, by living a life of praise and worship, by living a life of prayer. It comes by following His promptings and His leadings. All of those, they literally connect us to His voice and to His ways. You can become so acquainted with the Holy Spirit through communion with Him. <laughs> when He walks into a room, you just recognize Him. When He shows up, you'll know that's Him. That's the Holy Spirit. How many of you in closing tonight are in the process of making some sort of a decision? Making a decision. So at every juncture, every time you need to make a decision, where you need to choose a path or a response, at every juncture, learn how to look inside and acknowledge Him. Acknowledge Him. And in the midst of all the influences that you may have on the outside, how many of you know there's a lot of voices out there? There's the voice of the flesh. There's the voice of the devil. There's the voice of the doctor. There's the voice of the banker. There's the voice of good friends. Sometimes you just need to understand that those voices need to be shut down and shut yourself in with Him. In Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5, let's look over there. Proverbs the third chapter, the fifth verse. I endeavor in my heart to be led by Him. As senior pastor of this church, I endeavor to be led by Him in these days, in these months, and these years. Only led by Him. In Proverbs 3, verse 5, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not to your own understanding. How many of you know you think with your mind, but you trust with your heart? And He differentiates between the heart and the mind. And he tells us to acknowledge him in all of your ways. And in acknowledging him, you're saying, Lord, I trust you. Acknowledging him and trusting him is my part. And it's your part. The leading and the guidance and the direction to the right paths is his part. And you know what? We can ignore him if we want to. But I'm encouraging you to give Him full place. Raise up your hands tonight and say, Lord God, I invite you 
to guide me in the decisions that I need to make. I'm checking in with you. I acknowledge that you are here. I acknowledge that you know more than I do. And so I'm asking you for help and direction. Forgive me, Lord, for in times past, I've excluded you. But tonight, I make a fresh commitment to include you. Direct my paths. Lead me and guide me. Help me to know what to say. And I declare this night that I'm always in the right place. I'm always in the right place at the right time. So instead of racking your brain trying to make a decision, stop all that and pray. Stop thinking. Stop researching. Stop looking at all the pros and all the cons. You'll never have enough knowledge in the natural realm to make the right decisions. But rather tune in to me, says the Lord. Look on the inside. Check in with me. And I'll lead you. And I'll guide you. I believe what the Spirit of God is saying, don't think, pray. You know why? The answer is not in your head. Have you discovered that? The answer is in our heart. Hallelujah. You know, it'd be like somebody, you can all stand, we're all done. But it would be like you've lost maybe a document, uh, maybe an important piece of paper, maybe it's something that you need for your will or for your living trust, or maybe it's an insurance policy that you have that you want to cash in on or you want to check in on, and you just haven't been able to put your finger on it. You just, you're not sure where it is, but you have a file cabinet there in your office or there in your room there. And uh, so you're looking through the file cabinet and you didn't find it. And then, you know, maybe I'll look again. Maybe I'm missing something. Maybe a piece of paper is stuck to another piece of paper. And you look again and you couldn't find it. And, and then, oh man, you get frustrated. And so you look again and go have a cup of coffee and go back to the file cabinet and you look again. Later that afternoon, you're just getting more frustrated. I can't, I got to have this. I can't put my finger on it. So you go back to the file cabinet and you look again and you can't find it. What might you surmise from that? I said, what might you surmise from that? It's not in the file cabinet. And if you're constantly looking up here, and leaning to your understanding up here, I'm going to tell you what, it ain't in there, it's down here where he lives. So stop all the frustration, shut it down, close the file cabinet, and in all your ways acknowledge him and put your trust in him and let him lead you and show you things to come. Amen. Glory to God. So, Father, we thank you for the word tonight. 
I thank you for my brothers and my sisters that have come tonight. Lord, we thank you for the, just a wonderful time in your word, a wonderful time in prayer. Lord, right now, I'm asking you to stretch forth your hand right now and cause blessing to come upon your people.